Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our next guest in Capital Founding Partner. Jennifer Zhu Scott joins me here on the set of the third and final day of the Bloomberg New Economy Forum. Great to have you with us, Jennifer. I think a lot of people have been sensing a little bit of euphoria, at least at the beginning of the week, that we saw Presidents Biden and Xi finally talk. We know that the US-China tech tensions have really been weighing on the overall investment picture. How much do the two superpowers really need to collaborate here? Thank you for having me, Julia. Great to be here. Uh, it's a great question. We uh, The timing of the Bloomberg's new economy conference this year hasn't been better timing. Um, with the, the framework that President Xi and Biden have laid out really provides a lot of uh, substantial policies and business discussions to fit into this new framework that's more collaborative, um, seeking to coexist, and uh, while embracing each other's differences. So I think this year, um, of course, there are some hard uh, areas such as, you know, CHIP Act um, uh, in terms of some trade issues, um, the uh, on climate, on um, uh, Russia, on a lot of those issues, actually, I think now it's an, on a much more collaborative tone, which is very good news. However, as um, uh, Kissinger uh, mentioned in the first day, mm. um, with the framework is very important. The possibility of the bridge has been laid out, but if there's no substance following this framework, uh, we will still get, get back to back at zero one. And it does sort of seem like tech decoupling, decoupling excuse me, is accelerating. What does that mean when you look at the overall tech picture in terms of investability? I think, unfortunately, uh, we might see this kind of tech decoupling uh, for a very long time um, because the if if U.S. continue to deter, you know, define its interest as maintain the dominance forever, uh, while China at the same time with uh, the largest market, with a ton of capital, and also with um, you know a few times more of engineering students uh, graduating every year, it's impossible to just contain China to stop um, developing and innovating. Um, for example, with the chip uh, industry. China didn't really have a semiconductor industry properly, you mm. know, started um, uh, only a couple of years ago. And um, uh, I talked to some of the investors and founders in China. Um, some of them joke that the founder of China's semiconductor industry is actually uh, Trump. So, <laughs> so, so I, I do think this kind of uh, decoupling will continue, and it will become 
more competition, vocalization of the two countries. Vocalization both in terms of um, um, technological vocalization, but also operating. We will see companies like TikTok has a very separate strategy for China and also outside of China. Uh, For investment, uh, of of course, a lot of funds have started looking into a very separate strategy, how to bypass or how to navigate this kind of capital from this side of the pound uh, Pacific to going to some of the tech company that side um, and uh, vice versa. Uh, however, I think it's not going to stop the activities. It's just making the world much more um, complex and less interoperable. Well, interesting you bring up TikTok because we, we look at user data and the like. I mean, we talk about good and bad tech. Where do you see the line being drawn there? Is, is there a, an example they can coexist together? I mean, there's also the connectivity of the world via a lot of these apps that uh, particularly younger people are using? Great question. I think it's uh, we have to we have to look at this good back tech in the kind of uh, global lens and then China lens. Um, there are some common ground, but also there are some differences. So globally, I do think we have come to the inflection point. The world realized this digital economy 1.0 with uh, large me- social media companies not only just bring tremendous um, uh, negative impact to youth, um, you know, mental health, and also you know make the world much more polarized. Um, I'm on the a board of Web Science Trust, which was uh, founded by Tim Berners-Lee himself, mm. um, really, you know, gather all those um, academics to every year we, we, we think about what is the function of internet and how internet sh- should develop a going future. And reflecting back in the, in the 90s that when internet was first invented, it was intended to be, um, you know, transcending the na- you know national borders and international and uh, democratizing information but look at where we are today and um, so I do think that globally it doesn't matter in the Europe that um, the response mostly come from regulation in US the response usually come from antitrust and in China it's um, a very different response altogether um, you know often uh, the world interpreted China's reaction to big tech as a cracking down tech, but uh, the the good tech, back tech um, uh, context in China is a little bit different uh, compared to this global lens, which is um, in China, um, I think the government does not regard those companies that basically gather hundreds of millions of people with a smartphone mm. and provide this kind of um, digitalized daily activity as innovation anymore. Yeah. Especially a lot of those companies have a um, uh, problem with um, monopoly or duopoly or, um, you know, potentially providing systematic um, uh, risk in financial market because Mm. they they, they intend to bypass some of the regulation. Um, The innovation, the the good tech in China, China, and it's just speaking from Chinese government's lens, um, the good techs are the deep tech. So they are actually very well-defined areas such as quantum computing, AI machine learning. Is that where you're investing? Because we're we're running out of time, but I do want to get an idea of where InCapital is investing. 
Yes, we very much focus on uh, deep tech. And uh, the first is three vertical. We focus on climate tech using AI, blockchain, a lot of those technologies. But also uh, we focus on AI as well. And um, uh, right now, those two, these two verticals, we're spending a lot of time to figure out the nuances of the industry uh, and also the nuances of all this new regulatory geopolitical environment. Uh, we're also investing uh, Web3, but mostly on quant trading uh, without touching you know, crypto. I think mm. uh, crypto itself probably is dead for uh, some years to come. All right. And obviously needs a lot more regulation considering what we've seen recently as well. Thank you so much for your time, Jennifer Scott, the In Capital founding partner with me here on the third and final day of the Bloomberg New Economy Forum live from Singapore. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.